I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Don't believe the hype. We didn't even plan it like that. It just worked out like that because Rajiv is that cool. It's funny. Oh boy. It's funny because a lot of you maybe just heard Flavor Flav and you're like, Flavor Flav. And you're thinking reality TV, VH1, afternoon television, not even remembering that he's in one of the great hip hop groups ever. Yeah, this was, this was like, you know, only two months into heavy crack cocaine use. Like the Flavor Flav <laughs> people know it's like total different dude looking yeah, like yeah. Pookie in New Jack City. <laughs> Rajiv Sirup can roll it with us since the beginning of the show. Got me dying like he did last week, too. Uh, it is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks to everybody that's tuning in, especially our uh, out-of-state listeners. Shout out to uh, New York. I love it when, what you, up? I love it when your, your, uh, your family and friends from back home tune in. It's uh, always sweet. Miss anything in the first hour of the show. We've been talking about all sorts of stuff. We randomly uh, had a uh, stand-up comedian power rankings, or I guess buy or sell, earlier. Also talked some Wilt Chamberlain and what causes legends to sustain, what causes causes legends to fade. NFL free agents and uh, the uh, the concerning situation going on in Memphis with the Memphis Grizzlies and Jod Morant. Hopefully, uh, this is a open and closed case. Jod does return tonight against the Rockets. Um, so his suspension is finished, uh, but definitely a, a weird deal going on, and uh, hopefully he can get things back on track there in Memphis because he's certainly one of the brightest young stars in the league. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your go-to spot for blue and gold on the Montana State campus game day and every day. Want to be a part of the show? 406 1029 that's 888-1029. Call us or text us anytime. And uh, all guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Get those entries in for the second chance bracket. We got three. Uh, we're going to give first, second, third places for the second chance bracket as well. We got a $250 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash plus gift card to Paradise Falls. Mm. That's our first prize. Clean and fed. And then we also got Dazzler's prizes uh, and Paradise Falls prizes for second and third as well. So go to ESPN.com, click on the Second Chance Challenge. You're basically just picking the Sweet 16 through the champion. So it's pared it down for you quite a bit, uh, a lot less games to pick. So go get those entries in. Games start tomorrow at mm-hmm. 4.30. So you got... I don't know, about 20 12 hours. About 23 and a half hours until they start. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. wait. Just don't do wait. it tonight. Do it right do it now. Right now. If you can. While you're listening to the uh, show, of course. It's time for our ESPN Roundtable. Now, presented by Paradise Falls, who's also uh, helping us out with our second chance bracket. So, we're going to do all, uh, all NCAA tournament ESPN Roundtable here. And we start 
with uh, a loaded question because it actually doesn't work in favor for Rajim's favorite team from this conference. But my first question, this is just my random thoughts about the NCAA tournament. Why does the Big Ten suck when it comes to the NCAA tournament? But Rajim, he's got Michigan State ties. Your old man went there, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and you got Sparty in your championship game. Yes, sir. And uh, Michigan State's looked good in the first two games. Yes, so, they have. Um, I guess two-part question. Why is it that it seems more often than not the Big Ten looks not that good this time of year? And why is it that Michigan State's one of the teams that sort of belies that notion? Well, I'll start with the the the, the latter first. T. Izzo, baby. Yeah. Tom Izzo. This is his 15th Sweet 16. Wow. Period. You don't bet against this man. He's been in the Final Four a whole bunch. You bet against them when they get to the Final Four. But oh, yeah. Totally. Get, yeah, yeah. But between now and then. To the Final Four, yeah. uh, he, they're pretty surefire. No. Uh, MSU is just is, is, is blessed, fortunate, and lucky to have Tom Izzo at the helm. Um, wise mind. You saw the defense just smother All-American guard. Oh, Tyler Kolek from... Um, from Marquette, um, just the the history, the tenacity, and the knowledge of the game, especially during tough times, has really propelled them. I also think Michigan State, um, in, and obviously I'm a Michigan State lover, uh, but what a lot of folks don't know is this team is playing possessed right now. If, For if, sure. And, and, you know, we have a lot of short memories here because we're inundated with so much information every For sure. day that people forget about the school shooting that took place there in the middle of February of this year. No question. So and I, there's been a lot of, of weird and tragic situations the, from that to the, the gymnastics coach and the whole totally, scandal and fallout totally. from all that. And Tom Izzo took on a very... Uh, took it upon himself to, to kind of rally around the community. And from that point on, if you look at the style of play that Michigan State has had since then, they've, they've played a lot of emotional ball. Yeah. They've played a lot of community ball. They've put a lot on the on the shoulders of their guards, which Tom Izzo has done historically, going back to Monty and Cleves, Mr. Valentine. Like, Michigan State puts a lot on its guards. So, um, you know, and then this year it's, it's Tyson Walker, who's been playing lights out. No turnovers through two games. Averaging almost 18 points per game, just killing it and being the physical, mental, and emotional leader. And then his backcourt, uh, his backcourt made AJ smooth, smooth. And right now they're guard heavy. They're playing great zone and man defense, and just playing with a lot of emotion and intelligence behind that emotion. The emotional intelligence is high right now. They uh, they have their work cut out for them against Kansas State. Um, two big New York guys because uh, Tyson Walker's from. Westbury, New York, just like De La Soul. Wow. And then, uh, you know, Marquise Noel's a Harlem Harlem kid. So I like the fact that, you know, you got two New York kids playing at, at two, you know, respectable programs going head-to-head. So um, that's that's where Michigan State is. Why is the Big Ten so bad? I don't know. Like, they really shouldn't. Like, when you think historically, Michigan State, Michigan, yeah. sometimes Ohio State. Yeah. Like, what's going on? So here's, here's my theories. One, I think that... The, the Big Ten has an incredibly defined identity in terms of what it takes to win the conference. you got to be big because it's the biggest conference in the, in the country True. in terms of the, the physical size of the players. Truth. And you got to be tough. Now, Michigan State has always been tough. They always will be tough. That's just based on their location, where they recruit from, mm-hmm. you know, and just the identity of their program. They have, perhaps at this point, the most defi- defined identity of any program in the country because they've only had two head coaches in the last 50 years. It's Judd Heathcote and Tom Izzo. Izzo. Yeah. That's it, right? Yep. And so they've been... Mount Rushmore of two. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I, I do think that the Big Ten, what it takes to win the Big Ten and then why the Big Ten has fallen short in the tournament in recent years 
is exactly why Purdue lost. Purdue's the biggest and most physical team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Then they get to this other tournament, and they play a, a super guard-oriented team that just runs them into the dirt and just shoots a bunch of threes, and all of a sudden they start panicking, and Fairleigh Dickinson beats the number one seeded Boilermakers. I think that's just ex- an extrapolation of what why it is that the Big Ten struggles. Because I think when they get matched up with teams that are more athletic and teams from the Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, they're all ACC, more athletic. True. ACC, they're all more athletic. True. Either more athletic or can be mismatches because they're not so big and strong and lumbering. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Big Ten, most of the big guys can't come out and guard on the perimeter. That's why Fairleigh Dickinson beat Indiana. They're playing a bunch of 6'3 guys. The 7'4 kid for Purdue trying to guard on the perimeter. He's getting roasted even though, he's, a, even though he's an All-American, right? So... I just think that sometimes what it takes to win the Big Ten doesn't translate then into what it takes to win in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how far Sparty, the last remaining Big Ten team, uh, in the tourney goes. And then uh, we'll have a conversation then. No, it's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. 15 final, or uh, Sweet 16s for Tom Izzo, but eight Final Fours. That's even uh, as impressive as uh, he is now almost into his 30th year coaching. Been there since 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty impressive. The um, I think that the other thing that you see when you look at this bracket is twofold. Football has impacted everything across the board. Mm-hmm. One of the, the biggest negative, to me, side effects of the prominence of and the chasing of football money is the dissolution of the former Big East. Now, the Big East mm-hmm. has really risen back up to be great, but it's never going to be what it was when it was, you know... St. John's, St. John's, Syracuse, Duke, Villanova, Georgetown, Hall, UConn. Buddy, I grew up... I, that's what I grew up watching. And for sure. The Requiem for the Big East documentary oh. is amazing. That, that was... I mean... Tobacco Road and everything is going on in the ACC centered in North Carolina and then the Big East. Those were why college basketball was the king in terms of the American sporting lexicon in the 80s and early 1990s. Mm-hmm. Football has made teams like Maryland and uh, Syracuse and, and whatever chase football money and then get in these leagues that maybe aren't as good of a fit and ruin the basketball tradition, but it doesn't matter because you're making all this football money, all this TV money, whatever. That's been one of the biggest fallouts. But I've also then think, I don't think it's a coincidence that there's two conferences that have three teams each in the um, Sweet 16. It's the SEC yep, and it's the Big East. Big East. Why are those two conferences benefiting? The SEC is benefiting from the football money. The money Alabama makes in football lets them then go hire Nate Oates as the head coach. Now, all of a sudden, you got a number one seed. The money that Arkansas makes in football lets you go hire Eric Musselman. Now, you got a team in the Sweet 16 for the second year in a row. The money Tennessee makes in football lets you go hire Rick Barnes. So that you can directly see the SEC, which was Kentucky and then everybody else forever. Well, now they got so much freaking money because of football. Mm-hmm. They can, I mean, Auburn, Bruce Pearl, like you can go hire these big time coaches. Because of the secondary profits you're making off football, I think that's part of why you see the SEC with three teams in the in the uh, in the Sweet 16. The Big East, they've mm. sort of secondarily benefited in the opposite fashion. Now the Big East is a league that doesn't have football. That's why those schools are thriving because they don't have to. They can invest all their, all money, their money into basketball. Basketball. UCon- yep. UConn is still playing some sort of football. I don't even know where they're at in the world right now, but it's not Power Five football. No. But, <laughs> But Xavier, Creighton, no football. And nope. I think that's a huge benefit. So it's interesting to see the way that the football has 
impacted, and uh, there's positives, positives and negatives to both. Absolutely. I also think the draw for the Big East is like that's just that whole area where the Big East encompasses. That's the mecca of basketball. For sure. Like that's just. I mean, those aren't those aren't football cities, so to say. Right. Those are basketball cities, and uh, people want that draw. Plus, when you look at like what money's being made on you know the Big East network, like that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And you want to, you as a basketball player, your travel in the Big East is very minimal. For sure. Because everything's real. Like, there's some, there's some just creature comforts that you can just keep padding as to why. For sure. There are fresher players, more dominant yeah. players. Like, you're just. There's, there's a little bit more of an extension of that with Marquette and Creighton being in the to Midwest. A, to an extent. But, yep. but yeah, it's still a good point. Yeah. The, the region just uh, brings it all together to, to, to breed success. No, it's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. I got one for you. Just going back historically, yeah. uh, my uncle was a janitor at mm. St. John's. Interesting. And then um, later... Where is St. John's? Queens, New York. Que- in Queens. In Queens. In Queens. Yeah. And then later, Madison Square Garden. And I have a picture somewhere. Back in the day, for $20, we would go and sit at Madison Square Garden and watch three games in a row. It would be like St. John's, Syracuse, Villanova, Seton Hall... Providence, UConn. I'm just throwing sure, that out there. Sure. Or, you know, and in that time, you would see, uh, or Georgetown, you would see Patrick Ewing, you would see Mark Jackson, you would yeah. see uh, 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 Chris Mullen, and yeah. then later Malik Rose, Malik Seely, you know, all, all Felipe Lopez, yeah. God Sham God, who my brother played high school ball nice. with, like all all the things, and uh, it was just a different time, man. But it was just you, you, like those regions were just bleeding basketball, and it's coming back. So let's go Big East. The uh, there's a funny. Uh, Twitter beef going on right now. Dave Portnoy, who's uh, just a, a royal smartass on Twitter all the time, uh, and then Jeff Goodman, who is also you know got some teeth behind him, but is also one of the Equally top co- snarky. He's he's, uh, he's got the he's a college basketball reporter and a guy that breaks a lot of the coaching search news. Uh, Ed Cooney of Providence, now of Georgetown, he left Providence to go to Georgetown. Providence this year. Uh, was what, an 11 seed, maybe? Maybe there were six seed players. I can't remember. Providence was in the tournament this year yep. as an at-large team out of the Big East, and Georgetown was not in the tournament. But uh, Ed Cooney going to Georgetown, and Jeff Goodman proclaimed on Twitter that, that this was a huge upgrade for Cooney, and Portnoy was going at him, saying, how can you say that? Providence has been in the tournament you know, so many times lately, and Georgetown has was been... not. Has not. But uh, then Goodman was just going way back hard at Portnoy, and he texted a whole bunch of Big East assistants, polling them anonymously, and then basically quote tweeting all the things they were saying. And you know that's the other thing is the Big East has resurrected itself, become this awesome conference. UConn being back is big. Xavier being really good and solid and having a, a Miller coach them again is big. Marquette, Shaka Smart, it's huge for the league. The thing that could put the league completely over the top, though, and then make it this such a unique league because you'd have everybody not really playing football, and you could have maybe – it's not ever going to be a return to the Requiem of the Big East. Oh, no. But the school that could really put it into overdrive is Georgetown. Because Georgetown has an absolute national brand. They have so much tradition. And so it's funny that these guys have been debating back and forth. It's not close, man. Georgetown's a way better job than Providence. It's a way better job, man. You could – Georgetown has something that almost no program has. They have, the, like, the legends of old – Who's the best Tennessee basketball player of all time? I don't know. You don't either. 
You could name 10 guys that are in the running at Georgetown. Oh, yeah. Matumbo, Ewing, Morning, Allen Iverson, Iverson. Like, yeah. You could go on forever. Totally. That, that, they got that. Like, nobody besides, like, Duke, North Carolina. Like, you could name more dudes from Georgetown than you could from Indiana. Like, you could name more True. dudes from Georgetown than you could from UCLA. They got oh, that. Oh, Brothers, baby. What's up? They got, they got that iconic thing, though. And Georgetown, if they could get back, I guess is what I'm saying, is it could be just another step up for the I know. For the they used to be center U when they actually had centers in the league back in the day. Of yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a resurgence of centers in the NBA. We're yes. Gonna, we're going to talk about that here uh, in just a little while. Rajib Seabrook joining what us uh, in studio. Let's go. Uh, Fairly Dickinson was the, the Cinderella of the first round. Uh, they rolled uh, past, well, I shouldn't say rolled past, but they snuck past Purdue. And then they uh, gave it Florida Atlantic all they could handle, but they, they win, or excuse me, they lose that game. And... Uh, it's so interesting because so often when these high-seeded teams get these upset wins, it's such a windfall moment for their school for a moment, right? Hot minute. Like, everybody was Googling University of Maryland, Baltimore County for, you know, two days when they beat Virginia. And everybody this last couple of days were Googling fairly Dickinson. It's in New Jersey, Hackensack, baby, in my neck of the woods. <laughs> but then it's so interesting because I think if, if the upset is so big that it's almost too big, it's really hard to maintain that momentum because then it goes way over the top. Fairly Dickinson went from beating Purdue to losing in the second round, and now they already lost their coach. So, like, how big of an upset is too big of an upset? I don't know, man. I just can't wait to watch the next game, and hopefully they keep on going. But, upset, but they, upset, but upset. But they lost. They lost the four Atlantic. No, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just the momentum can only take you but so far. Sure. And when you have inner turmoil the way they did, there was you don't you don't lose your coach just like that out of nowhere. There's there's been something brewing. Well, yeah, but I also think sometimes these teams that like I mean, Fairleigh Dickinson is one of the most unlikely stories ever. They oh, didn't even ever. Win, they didn't even win their conference championship. No, the play they didn't win game. their conference tournament. They lost the conference championship game to Merrimack, but Merrimack's a transitioning D2 school that just moved up to D1. They haven't been D1 for a long enough period to be eligible for the tournament, so then therefore default. Fairly Dickinson gets in and then they go and they upset Purdue. I guess uh, the the deal is, I, I you know, Fairly Dickinson beating a one seed mm-hmm. is such a huge upset huge. that it's almost unsustainable to carry that momentum forward unless you can maintain some form of continuity. The same thing happened with uh, St. Francis last year when they went on their run and then their their coach, he gets up and leaves and goes to Seton Hall. Because the draw, I mean, Iona's going to pay that dude way, way more, more than Fairly Dickinson could, just like Seton Hall's going to pay guy from St. Francis so much more money. Deeper pockets. And that's why I just, you know, it's, it's less sustainable to, to have these little Cinderella runs that turn into like modern day Gonzagas like we have right now. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, though, you're an Ivy League guy. Princeton, though, is is so much different because the Ivy League in general, not just Princeton, they're always going to be a you know thirteen to to fifteen seed, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys on their teams are going to be you know very very average mid major to low major talent basketball players, mm-hmm. but they're always going to be able to get a guy or two or three that are above that level, way better than the Ivy League, way better than the Big Sky, way better than the Missouri Valley, whatever, the, the you know insert mid-major name here. And that's what this Princeton team has right now. The reason this Princeton team has won two games is they got a big man who's sweet. Who can play. Who can play. Then all your cliche little nerdy shooters out here that you'd assume Princeton to have, those guys can operate because they got this slashing big guy that's getting there. But I think Princeton is such an interesting analysis too because – 
Like, you look at the Big Sky, which has the longest drought of tournament wins in the NCAA tournament. They have Big Sky Conference has not won a NCAA forever. tournament game since 2006. Forever. Yeah, forever. And Princeton is in the Sweet 16. That's, to me, the biggest divide. Like, what, what does it take to get the Big Sky over the top and get an NCAA tournament win? Well, you're going to have to get players that are superior to the level you're at and that can compete on the national stage. I, do, I, I guess what I'm saying is that it's a lot easier for Princeton to recruit that type of guy because of the prestige of everything else they can offer than it is for Eastern Washington or Montana or Montana State to recruit that type of guy. No, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You have, you, you know, I have friends, acquaintances, associates that um, could have played at Michigan, could have played at Louisville, could have played at, you know, even schools like UNC Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, but chose to go to Colgate or Harvard right, or right. Princeton or UMass yeah. or, you know, schools of that nature. And when you have two or three of those guys on a team, it, 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 it disrupts the power balance, especially when you go up against teams that may only have one or two of those guys. And then you boot, uh, you insert and reboot the amount of intelligence that – these yeah, yeah, young for people sure. have at these schools, like you can and confidence because and of their because of their intelligence. Yeah, yeah. And when you, if you know, <laughs> yeah, you look at these facilities; these aren't slouch facilities either. Yeah, yeah. Like these guys are. I mean, <laughs> trust me, they're getting the best of the best of the best of the best, oh, and yeah. it does help. Um, it would be so funny to listen to some of the smack talking, right? Like, because that's the that's the smack talk if you're Princeton. Like, if you're going against the dude against it, it, from Arizona, you're like. You think you're going to the NBA, you're not. I'm going to go, you know, work at NASA or whatever that I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can just be so unabashedly confident because you know you are set for life no matter what. You don't have to make the NBA like so many other guys you're playing against. Well, one of these Princeton dudes are going to be signing ch- someone's check That's in right. this tournament, like somewhere down the line That's or, right. you know, something uh, akin to that. So, um, no, I love the Ivy League story. There's just there's there's a couple of leagues that uh, I just love when they get in and do damage, and the Ivy League is definitely one of my face. I also thought about our conversation from the other uh, week about what's that? Uh, sort of the lack of identity from the Big Sky Conference and how there's like these multiple different identities that the Big Sky Champion sometimes has. The other thought that I hadn't added to this ongoing conversation that I want to add now is that I think that sometimes when the these next level players do land in the Big Sky, the Big Sky Conference makes it incredibly difficult to make it to the, the NCAA tournament. No longer is there a hosted site. It's a neutral site court for the championship. This year, they they made it a little easier by having a day off in between the first and second games for the top seeds. But you still have to win three games in four days. You used to have to win three games in three days to make it to the NCAA tournament. And so this often then results in some of the best players the league has ever seen not actually going to the NCAA tournament. Like, if you could, if you were to say a Weber State team led by Damian Lillard is going to the NCAA tournament, you're thinking, oh, that team might be able to get a, a good seed and knock somebody off. Damian Lillard never played in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament because he got beat mm-hmm. in the Big Sky tournament. So I, I wonder sometimes, too, if just the format of the way the Big Sky competes in, it hinders its best teams from moving on to the big dance. That's an interesting concept and thought. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gonna marinate like a good stake on that one and, and think about it because there's some there's something there there's there, there i'm gonna i'm gonna agree i'm gonna come back to that boomerang that one we talked about i already had my other musings written now we talked about um the big east and the old big east and great uh, oh that was great, great memories there from rajiv yes rajiv seabrook by the way joining us here on our espn roundtable it's presented by paradise falls 
Uh, we also talked about Michigan State. So let's talk about these matchups quickly. Uh, if you need a place to watch all the Sweet 16 action, games start at 4.30 each of the next two days. There's 4.30, 5.15, 7 p.m., and 7.45 tips. Going down to Paradise Falls, they'll have uh, an early happy hour going on when the first games are rolling, and you'll be getting right up close to the late happy hour when the late games are rolling. Uh, Paradise Falls, 22 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. They also got a Sportsbet Montana kiosk right there up front, so you can place some wagers on the games as well. Paradise Falls, located on the uh, south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, uh, Missoula's coolest hot spot. Um, all right, so the action gets kicked off with Sparty against, uh, as the bracket continues to evolve, people kind of get their new Final Four favorites or contenders. I've heard a lot of people on Kansas State. I think part of that's because a lot of people watched Kansas State because they were playing the Cats on Friday night. Mm-hmm. But Kansas State also then had a really impressive win over Kentucky. Kentucky. Michigan State, K-State from your stomping grounds, Madison Square Garden. The Mecca, baby. Let's go, what, MSG. What do you think of this for, for Sparty and just the matchup? Well, I love what I would love is, zooming out of the game, is the amount of New Yorkers on both. On, you know, you got three New Yorkers on the two squads, so you're going to have a lot of hometown mm-hmm. energy in there, right? Mm-hmm. What I do like about it is it's, it's great guard play. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back, Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogger uh, versus sure. uh, Marquise uh, Noel and, and Keontae Key. Butchering his name, Keontae, Keontae Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Sorry, if you uh, if you flip his letters around, he can almost be the keynote Johnson. Mm-hmm. Just saying, mm-hmm. I'm just going. You know, word jumble of the day. What I like about it is you have um, almost 20 points per game between these four guys going head to head. Going back to what I said about Tyson Walker, no turnovers in two games, which is phenomenal in the tournament. Uh, when he plays, everyone else follows him. And right now, I feel like Tom Izzo is putting it again. I, you know, I said that Tom Izzo really relies on his guards. And historically speaking, going back to Bobby Valentine, Kalen, uh, Kalen Luck, and Montine Cleves, these are the guys that have led Michigan State to the Final Four, if not champions. So. Uh, I really like that matchup. Um, what I like about it is MSU's defense against guards, uh, in particular Tyler Kolek, the All-American guard from uh, from Marquette. MSU smothered that. Yeah, like 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 blew the candle out, or was the hurricane, and people were trying to use candles in a hurricane. It's just not going to happen. So when I look at that matchup right there, on, on, from a defensive standpoint, MSU has the edge. The other side to that is Marquise Novell is nice. He's so nice. He's man. so nice. Yeah. Like the kid, the Harlem kid is like no joke. And I'm not certain if uh, Michigan State can't stay out of foul trouble because of how explosive he can be or has been. So we'll see. That's my favorite matchup on Thursday, and then my second my matchup for Friday that I love. It's it's uh, Prince, Princeton Creighton man. Like for sure, some of the highest SAT scores on the floor right there <laughs> in, the, in the tournament. So. Um, I'm looking forward to that because I know that's going to be a really good game of basketball, um, X's and O's style. ESPN Roundtable, Paradise Falls. The uh, rest of the Thursday slate, Arkansas and UConn tip at 515 from Sin City, baby. Las Vegas, 7 p.m., Florida Atlantic and Tennessee from MSG. And then the Zags, Gonzaga against UCLA, uh, 7 p.m. for the Florida Atlantic tip, 745 for the Gonzaga tip. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Friday's games. San Diego State versus top seed Alabama from Louisville at 4.30. Houston, a top seed versus Miami at 5.15 from Kansas City. Princeton and Creighton, 7 p.m. from Louisville. And then 7.45, it's Xavier and Texas. Uh, Princeton Creighton's an intriguing one for sure because Creighton, super skilled and great guard play as well. But Princeton's Mm. just so red hot. And at this point, how can you say they're going to have a physical mismatch or be overmatched physically? They already took out one of the most physically dominant teams in the in the tournament 
in Arizona. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how these all play out. We're going to talk more about our favorite matchups, but thanks to Paradise Falls for the continued sponsorship of the ESPN Roundtable. Go check out Paradise Falls on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. More NCAA tournament and more NBA talk right after this. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. Doobie Brothers was uh, definitely one of my initial uh, initiations here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. That was like the, uh, I guess, I started here August 2017. That concert was the following summer, so I'd been here for less than a year, but it was like the one of the first times I went out in full force with everybody that works here, and uh, it was fun, man. A little Steely Dan, a little Doobie Brothers down there at the, the Paddlehead Stadium yes. back when they were the Ospreys. Cool, oh, back in a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago in a <laughs> land far, far away. Rajim Seabrook rolling with us here uh, on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Well, let's keep talking NBA. We talked about the uh, sort of the unsavory part of the league right now with the John Morant situation, but he is back from suspension <laughs> tonight against the Rockets. They are currently in uh, second place in the West, trailing the Nuggets. I think they're three and a half games out of first place, the Grizzlies are. Uh, but trying to hang on to that two seed, they got... Uh, a surging Sacramento Kings team nipping at their heels. Uh, the Clippers are in there somewhere, but the Clippers the other night their last possession with Kawhi Leonard was just trash, man. I, I'm over. I'm out. I'm out on Kawhi at this point. I, he's he ain't it. And Paul George got hurt, so I think the Clippers put a fork in him. If I I want to bet on some NBA futures for the champions, I want to also bet on who not to win the championship. It's the Clippers that's definitely one of my bets to not win the championship. Yeah, with one word, four letters. Next, <laughs> the. Uh, the West is fascinating, though, because the, the the teams that are supposed to be the top contenders, both in prestige of player and uh, sort of recent history. Aura, if you aura, will. Aura. The defending champion, Golden State Warriors, they're in sixth. And? The Phoenix Suns, yeah. who won the West two years ago, and then they traded for Kevin Durant, but they're in fifth. And the Los Angeles Lakers. Right there, you see. And they are uh, not in the top eight right now, but they could get their way into a play-in game. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, but, I mean, where are you at with some of these sort of new-name teams in the NBA? What do you think of the Nuggets? What do you think of the, the Grizzlies, the Kings? Like, these are some kind of new contenders. Uh, I've always been, like, a secret, super down-low closet Sacramento Kings fan, like, going back so to the So funny. Day. Why? Just because of the, the early 2000s teams? Dude, C-Webb? I mean, Chris Webber has the... Vladdy? Chris Webber is has one of the most unique legacies of any player in an NBA. Agreed. History. We should like go, we should I mean, Chris do a Weber, segment on he's a Chris great. Webber is at the same time like no doubt a top what seventy five player of all time and also like one of the biggest disappointments in league history. I mean I would not say top seventy five of all time. Man, he's probably in the top hundred. He's gotta be. 
Uh, he might be in the top 100. Top seven, that's a lot. When For you, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, but I, I, I love the Kings from back in the day um, when Doug Christie would go down the court flopping his two little lanky fingers out there. Um, I, I, I like I like it when it's when there's a bit more parity in the league. Um, I used to like the Grizzlies back in the day when Kemba Walker was there. Like, like I just, I love it when you just have upstarts. I think, I think the league is better when it isn't the same old, same old. Uh, you get a different demographic, a fan, you get a different reporting, you get to look at a different part of the world. You yeah. know, um, growing up for me, some of that was the insight to want to inspire travel was like, whoa, what's Houston about? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, what's San Diego about? There's lime groves? Yeah. Guess it, where I'm going for it, spring break, it's y'all. A, it's a give and take within the league, too, though, because, like, the Dallas Mavericks have been sort of on a free fall since they had a good Dude. start and they haven't been any good now. They're stuck basically right up? at 500. Yeah. They might make the playoffs, but they don't really Maybe. have any prospects to make a run. No. They have one of the brightest stars in the league, young stars in the league in Luka Doncic. They were supposed Absolutely. to supposedly adding another superstar in Kyrie Irving that hasn't really done anything to boost their actual nope. winning. But it's just an interesting situation for the league when players like Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and maybe LeBron James are not in the playoffs. Good. I, I think it is good, too. I think it's great. There's another star waiting to be born. There's someone else to see. There's an exposure. And I think in this day and age, like, bring it. Like, you know what I loved? Yeah. When the Bucks won. Milwaukee. Like, that was, that's awesome. It just and they it have a guy, something different to talk about. That's the thing that's so interesting, too. Like, I would wonder how the league would pivot. Like, let's... It's so interesting because the face of the league, or, or I guess the face of the NBA champion, is such an important part of the branding of the league. Truth. If the if the Sacramento Kings somehow made a run and won the West, or even won the the championship, mm-hmm. the league would have such a challenge of figuring out who are they going to make the face of the Sacramento Kings. Right. Same thing with the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, because he is a star and he's a superstar, but he's also he doesn't have that gravitas or that you know quote unquote brand brand name persona to to sort of carry the flag. Or you, I would say go. Let's go. Let's just back up the cart real quick. Back to the Sacramento Kings. If they want it, heaven forbid we sell team. Yeah, sure. Like, right. can we just sell team? Like, right. it, it would be so. So different in this day yeah. and age for the NBA to promote any sport league, really, to promote team. Yeah. Like, it actually might catch on. Well, they also have guys that are brandable if the NBA just hasn't promoted qu- at quite a high a level. I mean, Sabonis, Demonte Sabonis is sweet. He and, is. And De'Aaron Fox is, like, one of the top, I don't know, 30 players in the league. Like, he's definitely a, a above average to not maybe even elite point guard uh, in the NBA. So, it's just <laughs> interesting to see the sort of the reshuffling. I think it's interesting, though, also to see the power shift. And now, to me, like if you were to say, you know, gun to my head, who are the absolute three favorites for the NBA championship? I would say all three reside in the East. Boston. Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. It's yes, a, it's interesting yes, how, and yes. It's interesting how that shifted, right? Yeah. Like in a seven-game series, wouldn't you take Phil? I, Philly's the third best of those three. And I'd still take Philly over Golden State. Uh, maybe not Golden State. I, yeah. over, over Denver. Memphis, I mean, I, I don't know. I think those teams could give uh, Philly a run for sure, but you want to say on paper that the 76ers would be favored against those teams, and they're still not even there. They might not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I do think it's going to be a collision course of a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee and Boston. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I would take I would, yeah, I would, I would take Philly over 
two, three, four of those teams yeah. out of the West yeah. in a head-to-head matchup, best of seven series. Yes. I mean, the time is now for Joel Embiid, right? Now or never, I mean, man. He's, he's having an MVP caliber year. Truth. He's at the height of his powers. Truth. He has an injury history, but he hasn't been hurt in a couple of years. And, That's knocking on wood, folks. And he's having a dominant, you know, almost MVP caliber year. Very this year. close. Very close. He's the he's the mismatch that gets you over the top against anybody that you play if he plays at his best. Yeah, because there's no one to stop him physically. You just can't stop that. And that's why the the Bucks have the greatest X factor, though. Giannis, because they got the Giannis Antetokounmpo who can stop anybody. That's why he's the greatest X factor because he's the best defensive player of any of these superstar guys. My favorite last Pete. Pair of uh, shoes as well. Giannis's. Get a pair, son. You got them, son. They're sweet. For my, I wear size fourteen or size fifteen. Big old feet. Big feet. Got places to go and butts to kick. <laughs> um, but for the size shoe, that's the lightest shoe I've ever had in my life. Wow. Thank you, Giannis. <laughs> Thank you, Giannis. Thank you, Mister. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> Uh, we'll do a couple more thoughts on the NCAA tournament to take you home here on your Wednesday. Rajim Seabrook rolled with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. They lost all again here on your Wednesday. But like Billy Corgan and Michael Keaton, we'll always wonder why Chris Weber's career didn't turn out differently. We're reading Book of Basketball here uh, on Nuanas Now. Bill Simmons, uh, when he produced the Book of Basketball for the first time in uh, circa, when was this originally printed? I'm trying to find it. Anyways, uh, it's more than 10 years ago. He had Chris Weber as the 72nd best player uh, of all time. But uh, I don't know. Regime disagrees. Mm-mm. I'm going home doing the homework. Can't wait. I'm going down the rabbit hole. I expect a full uh, book report next time you're on the show. Rajim Seabrook Ryan with us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Missed anything in the show today? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. 
Uh, I know you, you had lunch with some Blackfoot people today. Hi to Deb and everybody else on the what Blackfoot up, team. Ms. And uh, appreciate all the support from Blackfoot. Uh, you want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business? Visit goblackfoot.com. The Nuanas Now podcast also presented by the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, right in the heart of downtown Missoula, Broadway, and Higgins. Uh, go get all your Grizz gear there. And uh, it's also presented by the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State Campus, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any day. Swing by the MSU Bookstore uh, next time you are in the market for some Bobcat gear. Uh, we talked a whole bunch of stuff, including NCAA tournament. We wanted to keep talking about some of these matchups. Um, of these double-digit seeds that remain uh, alive, which one has the uh, best chance to survive? Obviously, you like Michigan State. Anyone else? Arkansas is an 8. FAU is a 9. Uh, San Diego State is a 5. Creighton a 15. Miami a 5. Uh, a lot of the rest of this is just pretty much chalk. Yeah, you know, you know who I do like is FAU. FAU has great they, athletes, and you can ooh, tell they really respond to their coach. They do, and they just they play a, a certain. I don't know. Just when they play, they have a heartbeat. They thump up and down that court, and I just I like FAU. We'll see how far they go. Yeah, that that's an interesting one. Tennessee is sort of uh, they're, they're one of those premier programs that's stuck waiting in their own narrative, like they've. They've been high seeds and lost in the tournament. And so a lot. Then, so that people just automatically assume that of them. Yeah. Rick Barnes kind of has that reputation, too, because he lost in the tournament when he had Kevin Durant at Texas. It's funny how – but sometimes those sort of narratives get overblown compared to what the actual reality of the situation is. I mean, Tennessee just beat they're Duke. Good. They just beat Duke like they're a drum. So, yeah. hard to say that they're not good. Uh, but FAU, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said I liked FAU. No, no, totally. Okay. I, I just, I'm just talking about the national narrative around Tennessee. There's just certain programs that get kind of stuck in. Hey, they always lose this time of year, um, and part of that's just because they're always here that time, time of year. year. Yeah, you know, what a healthy problem. Yeah, right? yeah totally. Um, I'm really interested in the Arkansas UConn game because I do think that we talked about tournament styles mm-hmm. and how the Big Ten, a lot of teams from the Big Ten have a tough time in the tournament. Arkansas has an unbelievable tournament style because Eric Musselman loves to get up and down. He's not scared to Running press. Gun, man. They have a lot of depth, and they can just they can just push you. Grind, grind they, you they down. They can just make you play their pace of game, and uh, you, you know th- that's how they were able to knock off the defending national champions, the top ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, it's 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 a what a great. Uh, cache of weaponry to have when you can just throw guys out there, use that press to try to force turnovers to get easy buckets. Like it's fast, it's exciting, but is it sustainable? Right, right. Like those. That, that's when you get run ragged. But when you have the depth and the athletes, the the, the gap isn't that far between between uh, six, seven, and eight off the bench. That's a, again a healthy problem to have. I'm also very much looking forward to this. Um, basically. Battle for West Coast supremacy between Gonzaga, Gonzaga and UCLA. They're like the only ones hanging on from the West. San Diego State also in that mix. But pretty much everybody else is either Midwest or, or pretty much all East and Southeast. So I'm very interested to see that one. Uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that that will probably win or lose a recruiting battle or two, right? Because those guys are probably in the mix for kind of similar type of guys, both because of their academic standing and because of, uh, you know, just their prestigious uh, programs out West. So... That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I would much rather hang out at UCLA. The weather's better overall. Uh, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Friday's game, San Diego State, Alabama, Miami, Houston, Princeton, Creighton, and Xavier, Texas. Yes, sir. Uh, I think that San Diego State's also being spun as this crazy underdog, although they're a top 50 spender. And uh, you know, the Mountain West kind of has a bad rap, but San Diego State certainly has, you know, top-level talent, but Absolutely. can they hang with an Alabama team that's navigated a whole bunch of controversy to get to this point? Yeah, I don't know. Alabama's tough, man. It's uh, They have a, a str- a sh- something strong going on there and a bunch of resiliency admits a bunch of the stuff that's going on. So to me, that would be one to watch uh, um, this weekend. Well, I don't want to say this weekend, but in the next couple of days. Um, what I like about San Diego State is they're sneaky good. For sure. They're sneaky good. Like, don't sleep on a couple of sets because all of a sudden you're down by 10 trying to play against that defense. Well, it's just like we keep coming back to these common themes. They got athletic bigs that can guard out on the perimeter. Who can move, dude. Uh, That Alabama's going to kill you because they're front court slashers, but San Diego State has those type of athletes, so that's going to help them hang at least a little bit. Look like some football players playing ball. I'm also interested to see how Miami and Houston match up. I pinned Miami as one of my upset specials in the first round. I thought they were going to lose to Drake because I thought – they're kind of a one-man show with Jeremy Wong and the way he can True. shoot the ball. And I said, if this guy goes off, they can make a run. But it's it's putting a lot of eggs in one basket, so to speak, for that to happen. Well, guess what? He went off twice in there in the Sweet 16. So, uh, you know, don't listen to me. Fade me at the machine, that's for sure. Yeah. Houston, though, sort of limped their way through the first round and then really took over in the second half of the second, second round. Game. yeah. And uh, now they're expected to get Marcus Sasser, their first-team All-American, back in full force. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of pundits want to think of Houston and Alabama kind of on a collision course. Is there anything that makes you leads you to believe that that could get derailed at any point this weekend? Sometimes when you have a, a polarizing athlete come back, where's the chemistry? Like, yeah. what I'm worried about is chemistry and having not played a game together at a high level uh, for a minute. So it'd be interesting to see how they mesh going forward. Chemistry is huge, especially in tournaments. For sure. And then the other one that I think all eyes are going to be on is Princeton Creighton because. Yeah, that's a good one. Princeton is, this, is the true Cinderella. Cinderfellas. Left in this bracket. And uh, they won't be that overmatched uh, against Creighton. That one's 7 p.m. Friday night from Louisville. We. We get you set up for these games from a gambling perspective and just from an analysis perspective tomorrow. We also have Justin Angle, one of our favorites, Mm. a business angle, a conversation about the overlay between business and sports. And we'll fill in the blanks and do some catch-up as we uh, continue to put a bow on the winter sports season as we quickly and uh, enjoyably move into spring. That's all tomorrow at 4 p.m., but uh, thanks for saying goodbye, man. Good to yeah, see you. You know, you know what we need to do is contact Hamilton. We should go cover a baseball game, high school. Yeah, high school baseball is back in You're Montana. You're welcome, for folks, the for the baseball heads in the house. <laughs> That's right. It's like been 50-plus years, and uh, Hamilton Frenchtown played yesterday to get yes, kicked sir. off here uh, in game. western Montana. That sounds fun. Yeah. We'll talk some baseball maybe even tomorrow as well. We'll see you then, 4 p.m. Nuanas Now. This is ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.